job to know it. It's our job to get it in our spirit. It's our job to say, Lord, show me in your word what I'm supposed to stand on for this situation because I know that when I back it up with the word of God, I'm backing it up with all of heaven and it's going to come to pass. Hallelujah. How to walk in the promise of God. That's what I titled tonight. How to walk in the promise, promises of God. Yeah, that scripture was 2 Corinthians 1.20. The promises of God in him are yes and amen. A lack of understanding amounts to a lack in your life. When we have a lack of understanding of the truth of God's word, it amounts to a lack in our lives. Um, but knowing the truth and obeying the truth brings fulfillment. When I know the word of God, when I know the truth, and I obey the truth, it brings fulfillment, Camille. It, it causes my life to soar in the intent that God meant it with, you know, with his word, which it, is what it promises. It promises me that when I, do, when I do it his way, basically, the word is coming to pass as I do it his way. So a lack of understanding amounts to a lack in your life, but knowing the truth and obeying the truth actually brings forth fulfillment. Say, I'm going to walk in the fulfillment of God. Everything he has for me. I'm going to walk in the fulfillment. Yeah. Amen. It is, if God's word illuminates a situation, and if he's watching over his word to perform it, and if he promises that his word will not return empty or void, right? What area of life are you not seeing the fulfillment of the promises? What area in your life? I'm going to repeat that. If God's word illuminates a situation, if he's watching over his word to perform it, and if he promises that his word's not going to return unto you empty, then what area in life are you not seeing the promises fulfilled? What area in your life? When the word comes, it, the hidden things are brought to light. I'm going to give you a scripture. It is Psalm 119, 130. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalm 119, 130. If not, write it down. This is what Psalm 119, 130 says. The entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. It gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of God's word brings light. It brings understanding. I decree over each and every one of you that you are going to be, if, you're not, if you are not already, people of the word, where you understand the importance of claiming the scripture and that scripture coming to pass because you know the power of God's word. And you are going to apply it regardless of and in spite of what you see today. So the entrance of God's word gives light, Psalm 119, 130, and he gives understanding to the simple. Jeremiah 1, 12 says, for God is watching over his word to perform it. If the entrance of God's word brings light and it brings understanding to the simple, and if God is watching over his word to perform it, and as it says in Isaiah 55, 11, it says in that word, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It says it, it shall not return unto me empty or void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It says it shall accomplish, the word shall accomplish what God pleases.
The word of God is going to accomplish the very thing that it was sent out to do. The promise of God. This is an incredible promise. He says, I am going to accomplish the very thing that I please. When you put the word on it. Put the word on it. Get the scripture on it. Know the word of God because the word will never return unto you void. It says, it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the things for which I sent it. God sent forth his word. He sent Jesus. Jesus is the living word, right? But the word is still alive. Jesus is still alive. The word is still alive. The word is still working. The word is still working. The word is still alive in you. But it's going to produce what it was meant to produce when you speak it. You can't speak it if you don't know it. You can't speak it if you don't know it. So it's our job to know it. It's our job to get it in our spirit. It's our job to say, Lord, show me in your word what I'm supposed to stand on for this situation. Because I know that when I back it up with the word of God, I'm backing it up with all of heaven. And it's going to come to pass. Your children will be saved. Your finances, God is doing a new thing. He, it delights him. He delights him for the prosperity of his servants, for his servants to prosper. It delights the Lord for his servants to prosper. You start claiming the word of God over your finances. I thank you, Lord God, that you delight in the prosperity of your servants. I thank you, Lord God, that I'm prosperous in every way. I thank you, Lord God, that's what his word said. Did it not his word in Psalm 1, uh, Psalm 1 verse 3? That he wants to make your way prosperous. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Whatever you do is going to prosper. Right? So, but you, you got to get the word of God. You guys are all quiet tonight. Very quiet tonight. What's going on? I release right now freedom to, to respond. <laughs> Hallelujah. Observe. Oh, okay, you're absorbing it all. Glory to God. But Christians are destroyed when they don't know their legal right. And they, and they disassociate themselves from walking in agreement with God. Think about this. You guys, you know, if I was to say that to somebody, say, oh, I don't do that, I don't do that. But wait before you answer so quickly. Wait before you answer so quickly. Because maybe you might find an area that you go, gee, maybe I did. Maybe I did do a little bit of this disassociating uh, from walking in agreement with God simply because I wasn't putting his word in that situation. I was allowing my emotions to dictate. I was allowing the circumstance to dictate. If you're allowing your emotions or circumstance to dictate, then you're not putting the word in it. Then you're disassociating yourself from the promises that are right there present for you, but you're not grabbing hold of them. You're violating what God said it could be yours, and in reality, you're letting it. It's like still at the table when God said, come up and take everything I've given you. He says, I have prepared a table before you. This table is for you, but you're going to have to take that step. You're going to have to take that step. You're going to have to open up your mouth, and you're going to have to decree it. You're going to have to decree it. Don't lose. Don't waste any more years. Don't waste any more years. No more time. No more years. Don't allow the enemy. Who was it that had that? You had that testimony, right? When, they, when you said, the Lord said, are you just going to take that? Yeah. Are you just going to take that, church? Are you just going to take that? Are you just going to let the enemy? You, your testimony, too, fits perfectly with this. You're not going to just sit back and let the enemy have his way. But the word is powerful. There's power in the word of God. So most Christians are destroyed because they don't know their legal rights and they disassociate themselves from walking in agreement with God. We must walk in agreement with God. 
Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Ignorance is their destruction. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6, ignorance leads to destruction. Don't be ignorant of the word of God. Don't be ignorant. Open up the word and, and start to learn it. Be a person of the word. The more that you read the word of God, the hungrier you get for the word of God. The more that you want to understand and know, the more that your spiritual hunger, your spiritual appetite starts to grow. The benefits. See, Satan tries everything he can to keep you from reading your word. He tries everything, and he's pretty crafty. He's pretty good at it, too. But don't let him win because there is victory in the word. That's why he keeps you from it. That's why he comes up with all kinds of reasons and excuses. And half of the times, we go along with it. But no more, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You're under my feet. Out of here. Right, David? Amen, David. Many Christians remove themselves from receiving the fulfillment of God's word because of unbelief and fear. They'll just really would just rather go with unbelief and fear. It's normal. Like they're used to it. See, it's whatever is uh, familiar. Like if something is familiar to you, you're going to do it without even realizing you're doing it. Right? So sometimes it's fear. A lot of times it's fear. And a lot of times it's unbelief. Father, right now I take authority familiar spirit that's blocking them from really fully hearing and understanding. Father, I take authority over fear, over unbelief. I command right now any deaf and dumb spirit to leave in the name of Jesus. And I decree that they are people of the word, that they're going to be saturated in the will, will and the word of God. The will of God is the word of God. I thank you for saturating them from head to toe. I thank you, Lord God, that their mind, which belongs to you, Father God, is sharp. It's alive and it's active. So I thank you for complete focus. All upon this word right now that's being preached by the power of the Holy Spirit, that there's going to be aha moments, that they're getting the revelation, and they're going to walk out differently from how they walked in, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So don't disassociate yourself from God through unbelief or fear. That's, that's, remember, disassociating from God is not walking together in agreement. The Bible says, how can two walk together in agreement unless they're agreed in Amos 3.3? So we must know the word and the power of the word. Speaking the wrong thing can do just as damage to your future. You know that, right? When you speak the wrong thing, it's going to do just as much damage to your future as, as even sometimes just keeping silent. Sometimes people go, I'm, I, don't, I just don't know what to say, so they keep silent. But you know what? That, that could do damage to your future because the, your silence is still speaking in your actions. Because Satan watches you, and he sees your patterns. And, and if you're just going to sit there and be quiet, then you're going to be robbed from, because the enemy will be sure to do that. But God has given you a mouth to open up that mouth and to decree the word of God. Let it come forth out of your mouth. Let the, the fire of God's presence so fill you that you have a, a passion. Let him, let him come upon you with passion to say, wow, you know what? I have not... Been I have not been living in the fullness of everything that I could have been. So, Lord, let them realize there's so much more. That's my prayer for you tonight, that you realize there's so much more for you to walk in, and we're not going to remain silent when God says to open up your mouth and speak, right? Job twenty two twenty eight. you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Amen. Mark uh, eleven twenty three. you will have whatever you say, whatever you say, for your tongue is the steering wheel of your life. 
Your tongue is steering your life. Where is your life going? What is the direction of your life? Because your tongue is literally steering it. Don't give me this while I was, you know, I had this upbringing or that upbringing. And stop bringing forth the excuses. It is time to own it. It is time to own your life. It is time to claim it. It is time to step into everything God has for you and not back off and back up and allow the enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy to take what God says is yours. He says it is yours, right? So we're going to open up our mouth and we're going to decree the word of truth. Your tongue is steering the course of your life. Let it steer in the right direction. So to walk with God, you need to be in agreement with God. We need to be in agreement with God. I'm sure if I was to ask you, you would all say I'm in agreement with God. But if you dig a little deeper, you might see there are some areas that maybe we still need to come into agreement with God. How can two walk together unless they are agreed? Amos 3.3. 3. You can write these scriptures down if, you're, if you don't have your, the word of God right now in front of you. But Amos 3.3, 3, how can two walk together unless they are agreed? In other words, if I'm going to walk together in step with Holy Spirit, then I have to be in agreement with what he's doing right now. You know, you see that modeled every single time you come to a service. And we're moving in the ministry. You know, do you think that I just have this all scripted? Do you think that it's like, well, okay, I'm planning it all out, you know, A, B, C, one, two, three, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do this, you know? No. It is called a walk with God. When you walk in agreement with the Spirit of the living God and you hear, it is fresh manna for the moment. God wants you to walk with fresh manna for the moment. How do we sing? Yeah, we sing some songs that are written and scripted, but most of our songs just come right from the throne of heaven. They're just fresh, right, outpouring from the spirit of the living God. But that's not just for worship, guys. And it's not just for ministry time, people. It's how we're to live, walking in step with the Holy Spirit. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? It's not just for you and your spouse. This is not just for you and your business partner. This is not just for you and a person. It is for you and the spirit of the living God. You and the spirit of the living God. I want to walk closer to the spirit of the living God. In other words, I want to be so, so sensitive to his every move. That because I thought I was going to go this way, but he's saying, no, go this way. And I can hear so clearly, or at least I'm moved by my spirit to do so. And I know that's what he wants for all of us. All of us. But it's going to require diligence in the word of God. It's going to require a diligence on our part to really stand firm on the word. Because the one thing that the devil does not want you to understand and walk in is the understanding of the word. The knowledge of the word. He doesn't want you to get it. Because when those times come, when you're being beaten up, like your example, Teresa, when you're being beaten up, when those times come, where it's just coming from the left, from the, from the right, from the north, south, east, west, it's coming from everywhere, right? And the temptation to, to complain or to want to quit or just to, you know, say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, that temptation might be there. But if you have become a student of the word, a good Berean of the word, if the word is within you, then it's going to come out of you. And when it comes out of you, that's what's going to chase the devil away. What did Jesus do when he was tempted in the garden? He spoke 
the word. And the word was what drove away the enemy, right? So the importance of really getting the word in our spirit, man, and you got to start day one with one scripture, day two with the next. Start wherever you are, but get it started. Learn the word, meditate on the word, memorize the word, get it coming out of your mouth. Joshua 1.8 says, then your, may, your way is going to be prosperous and then you're going to have good success. He says, you're going to make your way prosperous and you're going to have good success when you meditate, Joshua 1.8, on the word of God. When you meditate day and night. When you, med when you let the word of God come out of your mouth, when you meditate day and night. When not only you meditate, when not only you're speaking and you're meditating, but also you do it. When you do the word of God. Read it, Joshua 1.8. Lists all three things. This word of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night to do according to all that is written within it. Then you shall make your way prosperous. And then you shall have good success. Whose responsibility is it for a successful life? Ours. He's already laid it out in the word. How can we walk in the promises of God? How do we walk in the promises of God? By knowing the, knowing the promises and, and speaking them meditating on them and doing them so it's those three steps we have to know if we don't know it's our job to find out we we must meditate speak on and do and as as you continuously do this you're going to start seeing turns you know your life starts to turn around your way starts to become prosperous so how can two walk together unless they are agreed amos 3 3 what does that mean i already explained it a little bit you must believe his report given to you by the, given to you by his son that you are not a slave. Some of you guys still have the mentality that you're, you know, we're slaves or, or a servant. You're a son. Everybody say it over themselves. I'm a son. I'm a son, a daughter. I'm a son, right? Uh-huh. Which you know what that means? It means that if you're a son, that means you're it's you are his beloved. The word son means beloved. So you are, you are a beloved one of the Lord. And I'm going to show here. Let me, let's go to John 15 and verse 14 and 15. And this is what it says. It says, you are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. And for this... All, for all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. So he's calling you friends. He's calling you sons. And, and the word friend is a beloved. You're a beloved one of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? The creator of heaven and earth, the creator of all things, calls you friend. He's calling you beloved. He's calling you beloved. He's no longer calling you you're, you're a servant. Now we're all to serve. We are all to serve, of course. But he calls you friend, and he's calling you beloved. So we walk together in agreement, knowing that two walking together, friend to friend. Obviously, he is God. 
but he is still wanting to speak to you and he wants to move with you and he wants to have a relationship with you, that koinonia with you, that is like a friend to another friend. Your closest, closest friend that knows everything and wants to hear everything. Amen? So how then does walking in agreement with God work? How does it work? It works if you believe it. It is really that simple. It works, everything I just mentioned already tonight, it works if you believe it. Okay, let's, let's look to Matthew 9 and in 29. Matthew 9, 29, Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. According to your faith, it shall be done unto you. And this is when he was referring to the healing of the two blind men. He said, according to your faith, it shall be done unto you. Wow. You mean to tell me that somebody sitting next to you might have more faith than you, and that person that's sitting next to you might receive something because they had more faith, and you sat there and didn't receive because you didn't have the same amount of faith? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. Mm -hmm. See, too many times uh, believers want to put it on the, on, on the minister, or they want to put it on God responsibility for something to change. They want to put it on God. But it's actually according to your faith. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. Wow, it's quiet in here. I don't know if that's news for somebody. I don't know if that's news. But to, to be honest with you, that should get you excited. Because if you had, if you realize what this is me means, this means that you have the power to get up, saints, Get up and make it happen. Get up and believe. Get up and cast out the unbelief. Get up and find the scripture and stand on that word of God. Because it's according to your faith that it's going to come about. It's according to your faith, not somebody else's faith. So that's actually a really powerful scripture. And if you're not seeing the promises of God coming to pass in your life right now, then you got to say, well, maybe there's some area of doubt and unbelief. And I am blocking the very promises that God says he wants to give me. And I'm not going to be the one to hold up the blessing of my own life. You're not going to be the only one, the one that's going to hold up the blessing in your life. Not after tonight's message, you're not going to be. Not after tonight's message, you're going to realize, wait a minute, I got something I can do with this and about this. And I'm going to stay, I'm, I'm in. Who would say I'm in? I'm in. We're in. Matthew 9.29 says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. This is what Jesus said to the two blind men. But there was a qualification that they needed, they needed to meet before the fulfillment of this promise came to pass. And it's in the verse right before it. It's in verse 28. Because people want the promises, but they sometimes forget there's sometimes conditions that need to be met. Look at verse 28. Jesus asked the two blind men, do you believe that I am able to do this? There's the condition right there. Do you believe that I am able to do this? According to your faith, it will be done unto you. That is what agreement with God means. When you're walking together in agreement, two walking together in agreement, believing the word, you grab hold of the word, that all of my children are going to be taught according to the word of God. Great is going to be their peace, and it doesn't matter what it looks like in your day. You know that as you take that word and walk in agreement with it, that God will be faithful to do his part to bring it to pass. You fulfill the, the condition, and he fulfills the promise, right? And when you see them go in the other direction, you stand on the word of God. You stand on the promise. You don't let the promise out of your sight, 
You don't let it out of your mouth. You don't let it out of your hands. Remember, do. So your mouth, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it. Your mind, your mouth, your mind, you shall meditate on it day and night so that you can do your hands so that you can do according to all that is written in it. And then, and then he says, you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. But it gives you the staying power to keep on keeping on. And that's the key. It gives you the staying power. The word is strength. It's your, it's your source. The misuse of this happens when people claim things, you know, from God that God has not called them to claim. And so there are abuses in everything, you know. But you're not called to claim something that he has not promised you in the word of God or just his own personal promises to you. But it has to line up with the, with the will of God, of course. Um, like some people will say, you know, I just believe that it is not God's will for me to be healed because I've been standing in faith to be healed and so far I haven't seen it. So I don't believe it's God's will for me to be healed. You're listening to the liar. It is always God's will for you to be healed. And so our job is to stand firm on the will, on the word of God, which is the will of God, and know that no matter what, there is no other option. We will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We will see the promises of God come to pass. Because his word says he already, when he sent it out, he sent it out on a mission. He sent it out so that it's not going to return void. He says, I sent it out so that it's actually going to fulfill the very words that I spoke. They're, they're going to be fulfilled. But you've got to believe it. You've got to have that faith. That So what if you've been prayed for 159,000 times? So what? Keep going. Keep going. Stand firm. Keep going and stand firm and believe that no matter what, you will not be denied. God's not going to deny you. The devil's banking on you quitting so that you, you can be denied because it's you that disqualified yourself. God never did. Right? You get that? So many Christians don't know their legal right, and they disassociate themselves from walking in agreement with God. See, before this message, you probably never thought about, you know, that, gee, maybe I'm disassociating myself with God at, in some, at some level. Maybe some of you never even considered that there was even a possibility, because you all love God. We all love God in this room. We all love him. We're sold out. Mm -hmm.